0: Welcome to Musings of an Extrovert. Thanks for tuning back in. My name is Darvin Muentes I am your resident extrovert, and uh, I'm glad you tuned in. If you've been listening for a while, thank you. Um, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, um, this is going to be a fun episode for you, um, hopefully. And hopefully it's an encouraging episode for you. Um, I actually wanted to... M- Today, to be a little bit different, I'm going to share my favorite muse. This is something I muse about every single day. Um, And it is something that's super important to me. And it's the most important thing in my life. Um, And that is the person Jesus, um, the real God, man, Jesus Christ. Of Nazareth. Um, I wanted to share just a a quick thought, uh, a quick word, um, and I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke today. And this is Luke chapter, let's see what chapter I'm in right now, chapter 23. And we're looking at verse 13 and on. I'll let you know where I stop. Um, This, a little bit of background, this particular verse is in all four of the gospel, or not this verse, but this particular story, uh, is in all four of the gospel books. Um, If you read all four of the accounts, uh, this particular story has some nuances that um, are different across the accounts, Um, but I think... All of the accounts really do a good job of putting in the details that the author has found more important to share um, based off of their audience and who they're writing to. And um, so if you get caught on the nuances, don't get caught on the nuances. Like, see it for what it is. These are real people writing real stories, and they all have their own... um, way of writing and uh, remembering all of it, too. So, um, they're going to be remembered in slightly different ways. Um, But, I believe that the Lord uses those things uh, to accomplish His work because He uses people to accomplish His work, who are all different um, and unique in their own ways. So, this particular one, the one that I'm going to focus on, is in Luke. Um, And that is the story of Jesus before Pilate Um, and Barabbas before Pilate. So a little bit of background on this particular story. So if you read the the four Gospels, um, you know that the crucifixion and the uh, death and the resurrection are uh, consistent across the four books. Um, And consistent in both of them is that there was a trial before um, the resurrection. There were um, times of questioning uh, Jesus, and there were times of people accusing Jesus just before the resurrection. Um, And that stays consistent across the four Gospels. Um, And one of those times is when Jesus goes before Pilate, uh, and Pilate presents Jesus and Barabbas before the people. And the people decide to choose um, because of a tradition in their land, actually. Um, there was a tradition that on, um, I believe it was the, the day of Sabbath um, or the day before Sabbath on this particular day. I, I don't remember quite the reason why, but there was a particular day where it was tradition that the Jews would l- release someone would be released. Um, and the Jews were allowed to choose um, in this moment, so a criminal would be released um, as a sign of mercy. And so here's Pilate. He's got Jesus and Barabbas before him. You don't know who Barabbas is, um, but you've probably heard of Jesus, Um, and this particular verse will share about who Barabbas is uh, and who Jesus is, too, um, and the choice that the Jews made when this occurred. So, I'll go ahead and read. This is uh chapter 23 verse 13. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, "You brought me this man as one who was misleading the people, and after examining him before you, behold, I do not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him." Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, Nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who has been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? Why? There's something that I find so striking about Luke's account. Um, if you search uh, Barabbas, there's a, a very, very popular uh, video out there. I believe it's by Judas Smith. Um, Judas Smith is a really great speaker, um, and I think, in many ways, a very great um, preacher and and faithful preacher of the of the gospel, and um, of. The Bible, um, and this particular passage in this particular story, he goes to it, um, and he does this video, this this talk on it, and man, it is so full of passion, and I love it. it it's a wonderful, wonderful sermon, and I think you should go listen to it, um, and hopefully that's an encouragement, because what I'm about to say is I disagree with his conclusion, um, with regard to it um i well i don't disagree with his conclusion i should say that i have a different conclusion that his sermon and the point of his sermon um does not go all the way to i think it's part of my conclusion um but i don't think his sermon goes all the way to it um but his sermon is a really great one and it does speak the truth of the gospel Um, And the story of Jesus being the one who has taken on all of the sin of Barabbas. um, And it's a beautiful story. Um, I had a friend remind me the other day that Barabbas means something like beloved son. um, Or the son of Abba, I believe is what it actually is translated to. Um, And that is a wonderful name and a wonderful, um, like, meaning to this it gives so much more meaning to the story um so here we are Jesus and Barabbas they're before Pilate they're before the the people and the people are screaming out crucify crucify him about Jesus and here's Pilate you know he's the the chief governor over um this part of this Roman province And, you know, his underling, Herod, is the governor of the other uh, subsection of that province. And here's Pilate having gotten Jesus back from Herod, since Pilate actually sent him to Herod, since he was under Herod's jurisdiction. He had sent him to Herod. Herod looked at him. He mocked him, but he was like, this guy's, he's not anything to be afraid of. Um and let's just send him back so they send him back to pilot and actually luke is quite interesting in in what he says i i haven't dug into this really so i don't really want to speak on it too much um but there's something there um where he he goes like he actually spends some of the space in his writing to say that herod had never met Pilate before um or Herod was never in like good standing with Pilate. And here, I'll read it. This is chap, uh, chapter 23, verse 12. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day. Before this, they had been at enmity with each other. So he goes to, to this, you know, not great lengths, but he, he writes in at least a portion. that Herod and Pilate became friends with each other and that they were once hated each other. Um, and it was because of Jesus. So I think something's there. Um, Could it be that Jesus is the one who does bring together people who otherwise hate each other? I think so. But again, that's not why I'm saying this. Um, Or I'm saying, you know, talking about this particular passage. Uh, So let's go back to the passage at hand. So here we are. But they all cried together away with this man and released to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Okay, so that's the first time. Um, I want you to take notice that in this passage, Luke says twice in basically the exact same way that Barabbas is a man who who had been thrown in prison for insurrection and murder. And that is huge I, I think that the reason that he would put it twice in there is to make the emphasis that hey the man that they're choosing over Jesus a man who has healed people a man who has raised someone from the dead still don't know how they can't see it from that um, but here's a a man who has raised another man from the dead, just a week before this. This was like a week beforehand. Um, you know, if you don't know that story, that's one of the most awesome stories. It shows how deeply, deeply, deeply compassionate Jesus is and how moved he is to bring light out of darkness, to love us so, so much in showing his glory. He is moved by... The suffering that we have he sees it and he knows he he hates the suffering and he wants to deliver us from it Um, and you see it in that story because he's you know he's told his disciples like he knew Jesus knew he was gonna raise Lazarus from the dead Um, and he says to them like we we have to stay a little bit longer and he found out that he died and they stayed four more days And he said, I did this not uh, or I did this so that my glory may be shown um, something along those lines. I don't have the scripture before me, so I can't quote it quite. But I know that he has said it, that he is doing it because he wants to show his glory and so that they may believe he wants us to believe in him as king. Um, And so this particular story um, ends doesn't end but it it continues and a one result of that story is that jesus goes into the town and then mary comes to him and says uh teacher if you were here my brother would not have died and then she says something like and yet i know that you can still raise him um something along those lines could be getting that wrong let me actually pull up that particular verse so mark bookmark that it's luke 23 verse 13 and then i'm gonna look for lazarus so i'm not telling you the wrong thing if you don't know what passage it's okay to go and look it up i think uh, in the christian church there's a lot of struggle with not knowing where things are and then feeling ashamed about it and i'm just telling you it's okay um so Oh yeah and that happens too did you know that they planned to kill Barabbas or or killed Lazarus after Jesus raised him from the dead like come on it's crazy um okay death of Lazarus okay I didn't think I was going to read this one I actually thought about talking about this today but I didn't I decided I wasn't going to do it because I wanted to talk about Barabbas but I mean, hey, Jesus is is good, and he leads us, the Spirit leads us in the ways that he wants us to go. So I'm going to share this. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister, Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was ill. So this is Mary's brother, Lazarus. Mary was the one who went when jesus was in the pharisee's house and um i forget the pharisee's name at this moment but he was in the pharisee's house he was reclining at table with him and this um lady who was known by the town uh to be a prostitute um she comes in and she falls at his feet and she wipes his his feet with the tears that are coming off of her eyes so There's plenty of tears coming out of her eyes enough that she can be wiping his feet with it. And she's so clearly very, very, very contrite. And she wipes his feet with her hair. Like this is someone who sees something in Jesus. You know, like if someone wipes your feet with their hair, that is like ultimate, 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 like some middle slash like reverence of you. Um, And submission to you and this person did that um and jesus like one of the sweetest and kindest the the sweetest and the kindest um person he he obviously befriended this person because lazarus was a good friend of jesus and so was mary and martha um and so all right before I get too, too off track, let's get back. So, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He's vastly concerned with the glorification of God and the glorification of the Son, because the Son is God. Now, Jesus loved Martha, And her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now, before you start saying that Lazarus was just sleeping, um, fallen asleep is a common phrase used for death um, in the scriptures. So, um, yeah, fallen asleep does not mean that he went to sleep it meant he was dead. And we find that out later on when they talk about how Lazarus, uh, the stench of death was still on him um, because he was dead. And so, yeah, Lazarus was dead. But then later on he wasn't. So big things are coming. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death. Again, I didn't even need to need to tell you that. I should have just kept reading the the scriptures. This is a, a, another another thing. I think that it's very important that we let the scriptures speak for themselves. And here's a moment where the scripture didn't even need me to help you, um, which in some cases, you know, we as modern readers need to be able to understand contextually um, what is going on. But in this case, they helped us no contextually because they even thought uh he did tell them that he has fallen asleep but what he was talking about was his death so now jesus had spoken of his death but they thought that he meant talking he meant taking rest in sleep then jesus told them plainly lazarus has died and for your sake i'm glad that i was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him So Thomas, called the twins, said to his fellow disciple, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Four days is a long time to be in a tomb, especially if you're just sleeping. So this guy's dead. Just trying to reiterate that he is dead. Um, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Mary said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So that's what I was trying to get at earlier, where she didn't say that you, know, he, that you can make him rise. But she did say... And this is deep, deep faith. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha, still thinking as a first century Jew, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That comment about a first century Jew was not in the scripture itself. It was just me telling you that she's thinking like a first century Jew. She only, resurrection is only really understood in light of the final resurrection um, at this time. But she's about to have her mind blown. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? I'm just imagining Jesus right now in this moment. Just the deep well of righteous, true, actual, righteous anger and indignation against death. Because death was never meant to be a part of our story. It was never meant to happen. And here it is happening to one of Jesus' friends. And here he is experiencing the pain and the suffering that his friends are experiencing. He is in it with them. And so in his spirit, he is greatly troubled, and he said, "'Where have you laid him?' They said to him, "'Lord, come and see.'" Jesus wept. So the Jews said, "'See how he loved him?' But some of them said, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying?' Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, "'Take away the stone.'" when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So some thoughts. I gave you guys some thoughts all throughout that. Um, So here's Jesus. um, And remember, we were talking about Jesus and Barabbas before Pilate. And I'm sharing with you this story about Lazarus because here's Jesus, literally the epitome of grace and goodness and mercy, the literal definition of all those things incarnate. He is there and he has just done something that is completely opposite. Remember what I was talking about when I when I was talking about Barabbas what was Barabbas he was an insurrectionist and he was a murderer that means that he was completely going against a the the government at the time and he was a murderer which means he was killing people he was taking life away well here's Jesus before Pilate with Barabbas, and the people, they are yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, take away the life of the man who gives life. Because here he is, Jesus, again, one week before that time, he is letting Lazarus rise. Not letting, he is bringing him out of death and into life very literally in front of these jews eyes like there are multiple witnesses to this event happening and so i want us to take note of that because there is something there is a statement that luke says in luke 23 that i think is super important and i think this is what judah misses um in his sermon um Let's go back to 13. And this is what I think he misses and does not actually fixate in on, is that when Luke finishes this statement, the story about Barabbas and Jesus, again, Jesus the life giver, Barabbas the life taker. This story, he says, he released the man, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked for whom they asked referring to the jews that were there the chief priests and the people for whom they asked but he delivered jesus over to their will i want to fixate on this this statement their will um i think that through the story of Lazarus or of Rabbis and Jesus I think we see something super important here is the light of the world here is the one who has said I am the resurrection and the life if you believe in me though you die yet you live he is the man who gives life he is a man who does bring about life out of death and I think this is an incredibly, incredibly important thing to realize that Jesus, in being delivered over to their will as a sovereign act of the Lord, because make no bones about it. Jesus says this in, in, in John, um, and I am like, I am so, so, so convinced that Jesus is so powerful and the greatest king, because in John, he says this, he says, I freely give my life. No one takes my life, but I give it freely. So, and this is getting really close to, um, passion. This is in passion week that he says this. Um, so here, here's this guy who's about to be delivered to the Jews and he's about to be delivered over to the Roman hands to be put on a cross. He says, they're not taking my life. I'm giving it. So, You know, for someone out here, if you don't have any strength, um, you know, I I can't say I'm giving my life if someone comes and just arrests me and then puts me, you know, in the firing range. Um, I can't say, oh, I'm giving my life, you know, but here's Jesus saying that. And why is he saying that? Because all throughout his his life, he has been telling us, hey, I'm going to rise again and I have to rise again. I have to die on your behalf. I'm giving it. I know it's going to happen, and I am doing it. He has said it from the beginning that he was doing this, and whenever he shares with his disciples anything, he is telling them about this great kingdom that he is bringing about. He's pointing at himself and saying, I am going to bring this. I'm going to do this. And he hasn't, And like all of scripture too, I believe, is pointing towards this momentary, this Uh, moment in history that is going to happen is this death this death and then what happens after that is the resurrection and I think that that is a part of the Lazarus story a Lazarus story is that final kind of picture of hey this is what's going to happen you know this is what's coming And it's a picture of it. I don't think the scripture um, that I just read about it point, like, says specifically this was a sign of what was going to happen after that. But I think when we look at it in hindsight, we're like, oh my gosh, like, he has the power to resurrect. So when he resurrected himself, like, what is he saying? He's saying, I am the one who did it. And he had said that in John, that I give my life freely and I take it up again. And the father who has given me the charge, he has given me all authority to take it back up again. And then he says that he's going to go out and get other people and bring them into the fold. It's just such a beautiful thing. So here it is, Jesus, Barabbas, um, the people of God or the people of Israel, people of Israel, their will is to get the death bringer and have him be released and to crucify the life giver. So what happens? What, what, why, why am I pushing back on this and coming back to it? It's because the sovereign hand of the Lord is so beautiful in this. And this is what Judas Smith does actually get into, is that Jesus, giving his life on behalf of Barabbas, and I would rather say on the death bringer, Jesus, the life giver, giving his life on behalf of the death bringer, allows for that death bringer to have a chance at getting life and throwing off his hands, throwing off all of the filth of his hands, the blood that's on his hands. He's washing them in the blood of Jesus, and his hands come out white as snow. He has a chance. I don't know that we have any evidence that Barabbas. Um it became a believer and believed in Jesus. But my prayer is hopefully that he did. Um, but here's Jesus, the life giver, giving his life on behalf of the death bringer. And in that giving of his life, he is now making a chance for all of us, the ones whose wills, we are the ones who will, the death bringer, but Jesus is the one who wills the life giver. And so it's just incredible when you put it all together, when you think about Jesus saying to saying to the, the Pharisees, no one takes my life. I give it freely and I have all authority to take it back up again. Jesus giving his life in this moment, though it was the will of the people, it was the will of God himself to free the death bringer and it's the will of god to free the death bringers of this world and who are the death bringers of this world they were us we were the ones who brought death upon us and so i think it's a just a beautiful story that you me my friend you know all mankind we were the death bringers and we willed that the death bringers continue um and they are the ones that are liberated, but God willed that they be truly liberated through Jesus. And that is such a beautiful story of God's sovereignty. Um, And I love, I love, I love Jesus. I love him with my entire life. And I pray that you will love him as well. Um, If you like the story um, and you'd like to hear more of these stories, um, I'd happily open the scriptures and speak more of them, um, and share them with the world. Uh, My hope is that in my sharing of scripture, that I'm being faithful to the scriptures, that I'm not trying to butcher them, that I'm not trying to make them fit any agenda, any of my own uh, preconceptions and my own thoughts. My, My desire is to try to lay those things aside and look at the texts for what they are, and to try to understand them as the Lord wants them to be understood. And I think the Lord doesn't want things to be understood in a myriad of ways that are all contradictory. He wants us to read his scriptures for what they are, because he had a meaning and an intent behind them. And I think that we can know what those meanings and intents are and i want to faithfully do that um so i will share scriptures in the future um and i may get some of them wrong um and rebuke is okay with me so feel free to make comments um please be kind you know i i want to know if i've you know been unfaithful to the scripture particularly the scriptures that I bring up and, um, I want to know that I am, uh, learning as well as you are. And so please feel free to make comments, um, and have some dialogue about this or share this with your friends and, uh, hear their thoughts on it too. And yeah, thank you for listening. Um, let me pray real quick and then, uh, i'll give you my outro so lord jesus we praise you uh that you are king you are sovereign king over all eternity over all of the universe jesus you are king even over death lord death has no sting and it's because of you it's because you have all authority lord to give your life freely And you have all authority to raise yourself up, Lord. And that has been given to you by your Father, Lord. And we believe it. We trust your words when you say that. We trust that you really did rise from the dead, Lord. We trust that there is a resurrection coming, Lord. And because you did it, we will do it too, Lord. We will rise, Lord. Not by our own hand, not by our own ability to raise ourselves Lord because we aren't you you will you will raise us from the dead and we're thankful for that Jesus so I pray for anyone who's listening today um, Lord if they don't know you that they come to know you that they trust you that they they hear these words Lord and they they're intrigued Lord um, if they hate you Lord Jesus I pray for them Lord and I ask for their their hearts to be turned uh, towards you, Lord Jesus, if they hate you, Lord, I, I pray that they can they can see that you are truly the most compassionate. Lord. you are truly the most loving. you are truly the most caring person, Lord and you care for them more than anyone has ever cared for them. Lord and you, as you care for everyone, Lord, more than anyone else cares for them. Lord, you are the greatest, greatest, greatest caretaker, you are the greatest love. Lord, and you are everything that we need, Lord Jesus. In you, everything was created. Nothing was created that was created without you, Lord. And you hold all things together by the power of your mighty, mighty right hand, Lord Jesus. So we praise you and we thank you. We ask for your, um, your presence, Lord, in all of our lives. Uh, and we thank you that you will continue to do your work in us. So, Lord, I ask that you bless this time, bless the people who are listening, um, Lord, and help them have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, I am glad that we got to talk about this today. I love Jesus. I hope you can love him, too. And, uh, yeah, like and subscribe, musings of an extrovert. Um, Share with your friends. Share my YouTube channel, too. I'd love to be able to uh, grow my following on YouTube. So if you'd like, please start listening to me on YouTube. But you can also listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other places. Uh, so wherever you listen, however you listen, thank you. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to go buy any merch, Wentesco.com products. You can find all of my Wentesco merch and go ahead and buy. Thank you guys. Have a great day.